Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Connie. Thank you for tuning in. Joining us today is Dr. Benjamin Smith, a journal editor specializing in immunotherapy. Welcome, Dr. Smith, and thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to meet you, Connie. Thank you for having me as your guest. Welcome once again, Benjamin. In our previous episodes, we delved into the intricacies of skeletal muscle stem cells from various angles, with a particular focus on satellite cells, which serve as stem cells in skeletal muscle. These satellite cells play a crucial role in regenerating injured skeletal muscle tissue. Today, we shift our attention to cardiac stem cells. Unlike skeletal muscle, cardiac muscle seems to lack a significant reserve of cells for myofiber repair. I'm eager to learn more from Dr. Smith. Where should we begin, doctor? Let's start by examining the development of the heart. During vertebrate development, the heart is the first fully differentiated structure to form and function. It consists of a primitive heart tube made up of contracting cardiomyocytes, surrounded by a layer of endocardial cells, ensuring the establishment of a circulatory system. This system is crucial to support the rapid growth of the embryo. Fetal cardiomyocytes, which actively contract, must continue to divide for further heart growth. The phase of cardiomyocyte division ends shortly after birth, and myocardial mass growth primarily occurs through cell hypertrophy. At this point, the heart is considered fully developed. I'd also like to touch on the relationship between injured cardiac muscle and cardiac regeneration. Interruption of coronary blood supply leads to apoptotic cell death and fibrotic scar formation, damaging functional muscle tissue. This prompts the remaining cardiomyocytes to undergo cellular hypertrophy, eventually leading to decompensated function and congestive heart failure, a prevalent condition. The challenges in adult mammalian cardiac regeneration can be attributed to its unique embryonic history and the relatively small number of progenitor cells within the heart. Thank you for sharing this valuable information. I'm curious, do cardiovascular progenitors play a role in developing the entire heart? Indeed, they do. Various pools of cardiovascular progenitors give rise to different components of the embryonic heart. These progenitor cells are segregated early in embryo development to form distinct heart components, including the four specialized chambers, the coronary arterial tree, the outflow tract, the endocardium, and the heart valves. We've primarily tracked and analyzed cells positive for the transcription factor ISL1 in vitro. ISL1 serves as a marker for cardiac progenitors of the secondary heart field, which contributes to the formation of the secondary heart field. However, their numbers decrease notably after birth, diminishing their role in adult heart regeneration. While adult cardiomyocytes have shown some capacity for proliferation in both pathological and physiological conditions, these division events occur at a low rate, mainly in response to myocardial infarction. 
The genetic signature of cardiac precursors in the adult heart remains a subject of ongoing research, and the isolation and therapeutic utilization of cardiac progenitor cell populations remain challenging. I see. Let's explore the enigmatic world of cardiac stem cells further, shall we? Certainly. Traditionally, the adult mammalian heart was considered a postmitotic organ, lacking an endogenous population of stem cells. However, the number of myocytes in the heart remains relatively constant throughout life, as myocytes cease to divide shortly after birth. Overcoming cardiac damage necessitates the generation of new contractile myocytes and the formation of a capillary network to support the regenerating myocardium's demands. The inability of differentiated cardiac myocytes to re-enter the cell cycle is a significant obstacle to cardiac regenerative capacity and contributes to the effects of myocyte death in viable myocardium after infarction. Cells capable of differentiating into myocytes in the adult heart can arise through several mechanisms, including precursor cell commitment and replication of existing muscle cells, potentially in combination. You've explained it very clearly. Now, could you tell us about the origin of cycling myocardial cells? Cycling myocardial cells are thought to originate from a cell population that expresses CKIT, a cytokine receptor found on the cell surface. These CKIT-positive cells exhibit self-renewal, clonogenicity, and multipotency both in vitro and in vivo. They can give rise to myocytes, smooth muscle cells, and endothelial vascular cells. When introduced into ischemic rat hearts, these cells can regenerate substantial portions of the injured myocardial wall, resulting in small myocytes within the regenerated tissue that possess the properties of young myocytes. Furthermore, when injected into infarcted rat hearts, these CKID-positive cells have the capacity to form coronary arteries of various sizes, including conductive arteries, resistance arterioles, and capillaries that connect to the primary coronary circulation. This dual role of CKID-positive cells in both vessel and contractile muscle formation is noteworthy. So, if I understand correctly, these findings support the continuous renewal of cardiac myocytes in adult mammals. Does this mean obtaining a sufficient number of cells from a patient's biopsy is challenging? Indeed, the therapeutic potential may be limited due to this challenge. A method has been developed to rapidly expand a cardiac stem cell population from heart biopsies, which grow into spherical structures known as cardiospheres. This method holds promise. For example, cardiosphere-derived cells have shown improvements in left ventricular function after myocardial infarction and have displayed spontaneous action potentials when co-cultured with neonatal rat ventricular myocytes in vitro. Therefore, cardiac stem cells fulfill the criteria for differentiation into cardiac myocytes and endothelial cells both in vitro and in vivo. I understand. So, can circulating myocardial cell populations effectively restore the heart? What makes these cells particularly promising in clinical trials for treating human diseases? Well, the presence of a circulating cell population has gained credibility from observations of sex-mismatched cardiac human transplants. This means that a female heart can be transplanted into a male host, and in such cases, myocytes and coronary vessels with Y chromosomes are found in the transplanted female hearts. 
This provides evidence for the existence of migratory host-derived precursors that are induced to differentiate within the cardiac environment. While this phenomenon may be a response to organ transplantation, it could also reflect a normal homeostatic process for maintaining cardiac muscle and coronary vasculature. In fact, the heart possesses regenerative capabilities, as stem or precursor cells can refresh adult mammalian cardiomyocytes following ischemia or pressure overload, although this process diminishes with aging. That's quite promising. However, the precise origin of cardiac precursor cells remains unclear. How is this information supplemented? In animal experiments, stem cells isolated from bone marrow were enriched for various surface markers and then assessed for their regenerative properties in restoring cardiac function. Notably, the capacity of CKID-positive bone marrow cells to form cardiomyocytes remains a topic of debate, and whether they contract synchronously with other cardiomyocytes is yet to be determined. In a murine infarct model, the introduction of CKID-positive bone marrow cells promoted new myocyte repopulation in the infarcted heart, and these cells carried the enhanced green fluorescent protein. Furthermore, Bone marrow cells showed a preference for fusing with existing cardiomyocytes, explaining the presence of myocytes labeled with enhanced green fluorescent protein. It appears that the results from these reports lack consistency. Are they reliable? To a certain extent, yes. The infusion of bone marrow cells into infarcted mouse hearts did result in improved global cardiac function and increased blood flow, as demonstrated in the majority of studies involving peripheral ischemia models. Based on these findings, human clinical trials were initiated in 2001 to treat cardiac ischemia patients with autologous circulating blood or bone marrow-derived cells. Initial pilot studies indicated an improvement in global left ventricular ejection fraction, which was subsequently confirmed in a large, double-blind, randomized trial. In this trial, both global and regional ejection fractions improved modestly but significantly following bone marrow cell treatment. Overall, while the functional benefits may not arise from the transdifferentiation of bone marrow cells into cardiomyocytes, they could be mediated through the paracrine secretion of growth factors or cytokines, indirectly promoting cardiomyocyte survival, mobilizing endogenous progenitor cells, or facilitating neovascularization. Can the heart's intrinsic resources be manipulated to induce myocardial recovery after an infarction? Possibly. The recruitment of circulating stem cells to sites of myocardial injury is relatively inefficient, limiting the body's ability to aid in the repair process. This may represent one of the obstacles to effective cardiac regeneration, at least in mammals. Several chemotactic signals associated with inflammation are preferentially expressed in the infarct border zone, including cytokines and adhesion molecules, which could be enhanced to facilitate stem cell homing. Chemokines, for instance, play a pivotal role in directing cells from the bone marrow to the ischemic myocardium. For example, cardiac fibroblasts engineered to chronically express SDF1 were transplanted into the myocardium of animals two months after myocardial infarction. This led to the recruitment of bone marrow-derived hematopoietic stem cells, promoting vasculogenesis and improving cardiac function independently of cardiac myocyte regeneration. In rats, 
the re-expression of monocyte chemoattractant protein 3 in the heart weeks after myocardial infarction restored the ability of mesenchymal stem cells to home and engraft into the infarct zone. Clearly, more research is needed to fully understand the homing process triggered by specific chemokines, which could lead to improved cell-based gene therapy for cardiac dysfunction. You're absolutely right. Over the past decade, strategies for regenerating the heart through cell therapy have been proposed, combining the administration of cell survival and anti-inflammatory molecules to mitigate the hostile environment within the infarcted area. Significant advances have brought the field of regenerative medicine closer to viable therapies for myocardial regeneration, although there are still substantial obstacles to overcome. Well, that concludes our discussion for today. We look forward to exploring more fascinating topics in our next episode. Until then, take care. Thank you. We hope to see you again in the next episode.